The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey, guys. Bud here. It's summer school on Cover 3 today. We are talking Alabama. I'm going to bring in my friend John Talty of Bama 247. John, welcome to Cover 3. Appreciate you having me. This is going to be fun. Absolutely, man. An absolute expert on Alabama. Alabama.com for the last nine years wrote a book about Nick Saban. I don't think there's anybody better to cover the tide with us. And last year, still a top three power rated football team. Just kind of didn't get the breaks in some of those close games. Did it feel like there was a fundamental shift in what they were doing last year? I think it's just one of those things where I think for so long, Alabama was so talented and so much better than a lot of these other teams that they just weren't in the kind of circumstances that we saw them in last year as much. There just weren't that many close games that we saw Alabama have to, you know, find a way to pull out. And so I think, you know, last year, maybe just kind of the way that the odds work, you know, they won two games that were very close that could have gone the other way. And then they lost two games that easily could have gone the other way and they could have won. So a little bit of just, I think, a return back to earth maybe for Alabama, whereas, you know, just previous years, they've just been so overwhelmingly talented that they just didn't find themselves in those situations that often. Big time changes are, are coming for this offense. Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator, is back to the NFL. Bryce Young is off to the NFL. Nick Saban brings in Tommy Reese as offensive coordinator, and we'll have a lot of discussion about the quarterback here. I'm curious, though, does it feel like a more of a run game kind of controlled quarterback thing given who they lost? And I know Reese has his own offense, but 
from hearing people from people, it sounds like for the most part, like you come in and you run the Bama offense, and yet I have to feel like the Bama offense that Reese runs is going to be different than the Bama offense uh, that Bill O'Brien ran. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that you saw, I think just in terms of even hiring Tommy Reese, I think is a signal of shifting back a little bit. You know, I think if you look at the incredible run of offensive coordinators that they had, starting with Wayne Kiffin and that push into, you know, more spread, more hurry up, more different kind of movement on the line um, with Steve Sarkeesian and Mike Loxley and all these guys. And I think it just might have gotten to be a little too far uh, down the road where I think you see a little bit of a shift back where they can be more successful running the ball, uh, more of kind of controlling the clock, things like that. And I think they have that's a personnel thing, too, to your point. But, you know, I think if you look at you've got clearly some questions at quarterback, which we'll get into, but some really good running backs. I think the offensive line uh, should be better next year. So I think just the way that they're set up, that's probably a better path to success than trying to, whether it's Jalen Milrow or Tyler Buckner or whatever, try to do what Bryce Young did because I don't think any of those guys, no offense to them, have the capabilities that Bryce did. I mean, he was just incredibly talented, and they just don't have a star like that on the roster right now. I, I definitely don't think it's a slight to those guys to say they're not Bryce Young yet, for sure. Uh, I, I do have to ask the question here. So Tommy Reese was at Notre Dame recruiting Sam Hartman from Wake Forest over Tyler Buckner, who he had. And then he goes to Alabama, goes through spring with Milrow and Simpson, and decides to go get the guy that he just got a guy to play over at Notre Dame. Is, if you're a Bama fan out there, what's your level of concern about the quarterback position given – I guess the facts as I, as I see them, uh, the facts may be wrong or, or maybe, the t- maybe the timeline's off, but it, it was a little curious to me that he wouldn't got the guy that he just recruited over. I mean, but I wouldn't say there was a parade in the streets when he committed to Alabama. I think there was, even when the rumors first started kind of cranking up, I think there were a lot of Alabama fans that were a bit confused, maybe surprised. I mean, whatever reaction that you want to use, just because this wasn't a guy who felt like a slam dunk coming in to start, you know, whether it might've been a Sam Hartman, uh, obviously there were some uh, Tower Van Dyke rumors that were floating around. There, there were other guys that felt like might've been an option that of course, you know, didn't end up being that way. And so I think there was just some confusion as to why he ended up being uh, the guy. But, you know, I think if you're going to take the most optimistic look at it, clearly Tommy Reese knows him very well, knows exactly what his strengths and weaknesses are. And so the fact he was comfortable enough to bring him in makes him feel like, he at least is a, an option that could be better than what he sees in that room right now. And, you know, that's that's another question for another day, potentially, of just why wasn't there maybe a more clear-cut option at the quarterback position, given what we've seen over the last seven, eight years. There was an obvious kind of next guy when a quarterback left. And this year, it felt like the most kind of up in the air as to who might be that successor to Bryce Young. For sure. It is fair to point out last year that Buckner at Notre Dame, and I know he got hurt, but... Notre Dame's receivers last year, we had some coaches that were on other teams tell us on cover three, and they, they didn't really scare us, and they, those guys didn't coach necessarily at, at great opponents. And I know Bama's receivers last year were a little bit disappointing. I'm sure the Tyler Harrell uh, you know, transfer they took from Louisville, who ended up getting hurt and is, is now gone, uh, was part of that. Last year, I felt like Bryce Young worked a lot of magic with a sort of a average Bama receiver room. It definitely wasn't what they had from 2018 to 2021-ish. What? What are your thoughts on the on the room this year? Are, are you expecting improvement? Yeah, I mean, I think that Alabama fans got so spoiled based on having just not only a lot of talent, they, they seem to be that kind of clear top guy. And we saw that run, like you pointed out, of guys who have gone on to be first-round picks. And I think 
I think there was this feeling that, well, we can just always have a replacement that will come in and do it. And last year, that loss of a guy like Jameson William, who was able to open up, you know, that field of the downfield threat, the loss of him was really felt. They just did not have that guy. Tyler, Tyler Harrell was not him because of injuries and other reasons. Jermaine Burton, a you know, transfer coming in from Georgia, I think was just wasn't what maybe people thought he might be. Was didn't feel like he was a lot more than really a third down type option. So you would hope that it'll be better uh, next year. I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks is a guy who I think has the talent to be that top guy and showed signs of it last year, but wasn't consistent enough to be that. And so I think they really need consistency out of that room. Last year, we just didn't see it. There wasn't that real safety net outside of, you know, Cameron Latou at times at tight end. There wasn't really that guy that you, you could feel like Bryce felt good about going to over and over again the way he did the year before of Jamison Williams and John Mechie. And so that's going to be a real challenge for whomever takes over at quarterback to find that guy for themselves. If, if those talented backs have room to run, it's going to be because the offensive line stepped up and, and improved. And I mean, there's some guys that in high school, and I live here in Florida, so like I, I got to see J.C. Latham and, and Tyler Booker quite a bit at IMG Academy. And I thought, like, these guys are not no doubt studs, but they're, they're really, really talented guys. It seems like, like they're playing a lot. It, is it right to feel that Bama's offensive line has a chance to be the best one they've had in a while? On paper, right? I mean, I think it's – and what's been interesting, Bud, is just that I think they've sometimes they live off their reputation. You know, if you think back two years ago, um, just how bad it was at times. You know, I can remember that Auburn game at Auburn. I think they gave up like seven or eight sacks. I mean, there were times where it was really bad. And then they had a great performance against Georgia in the SEC Championship game. And then the week after against Cincinnati was bad. I think last year was a bit better than that. But I do think that just pure talent-wise, uh, you know, the guys that you mentioned, uh, I think Seth McLaughlin uh, up front can be really good. I think he, when he came in at times over the last couple of years, was was very effective. And you know, we'll see with kind of the battle. But, you know, Caden Proctor on paper, you know, maybe it's not this year, but he looks like a stud, you know. And so if he can work his way into getting playing time, it feels like you've got guys who will be high draft picks on the line. And just, you know, they just have to, you know, step up really. Defensively, this football team, uh, I'll use the word loses here, Pete Golding to, to Ole Miss. I, I know that's kind of painted as a lateral move in some circles. Alabama to Ole Miss is, is a, a bit of a step down, and I understand why the move was made there. Do you read into Nick Saban going out and getting Kevin Steele, a guy who certainly is not afraid to challenge him in meeting rooms? And if so, what, what do you think will change about this defense stylistically? I mean, I think, again, it's kind of about what you know, right? So, you know, I think Nick knows exactly what he's getting with Kevin Steele. And Kevin Steele knows exactly what he's getting with Nick Saban. And I think one of the things that I heard about, you know, Pete Golding, I think Pete Golding in some ways gets an unfair amount of, uh, you know, hate from fans at times. But I think one of the biggest things, and I think one of the challenges working with Nick Saban is that I think in many ways he's a defensive genius, but you have to sometimes take his most complicated stuff and simplify it a bit and try to make it, you know, easier and be able to convey it in a way that makes sense for the players. And I think at times Pete might've struggled with that because you saw guys looking lost at times that Tennessee game in particular, I just the way that Jalen Hyatt was able to exploit them over and over again, it just felt like they couldn't figure out a fix there. They couldn't take the plan to be able to convey it in a way that made sense to the, the secondary. And so I think Kevin Steele will be better at that. I think he knows Saban's lingo really well. I think he's going to be able to convey his uh, philosophies uh, better, but I think he's, you're right. He's, he can push back on Nick Saban too. And in a way that I think Pete Golding probably couldn't at times. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Up front, I feel like, you know, I went to Alabama for law school and just basically since 2008, they have had a difference maker almost always in the middle, whether Deron Payne or, or, or Quentin Williams or whomever it was. Last year felt like they had a lot of good players in the inside, but not a, a freak who's just changing the game and and the, you know, where the CBS 330 broadcast is, is focusing on every single snap of how he's just destroying the opposing offense. Is there a guy on this roster that you think can take that next step and be a true difference maker on the inside? Yeah, I think to your point, but I think a lot of those guys that have been ending up at Georgia more than Alabama in the last three, four years. And I think that's been one of the most noticeable things that you, has been missing for this Alabama defense. Like you said, the, the Jonathan Allens, uh, you know, Deron Payne up in the middle. I mean, they just had these freaks for so many years. Dalvin Tomlinson, Jaron Reed. I mean, it was an incredible run. I think Jaheim Otis, I think, has the potential to be that guy. I think he's, you know, done a great job, you know, really reworking his body. Um, I think has some of that raw talent that I think, has the ability to maybe translate into that down the line. But I think, you know, the last really last two, three years, maybe it felt like guys were a little bit closer to, you know, kind of just another guy rather than the studs that we've seen over the last few years. And I think teams know that I think, and I think they've exploited it over the last few years. Dude, I love Jaheim Otis. Like he's a fun kid to talk to. I know Bama doesn't let you talk to freshmen, right? So he was a freshman last year. So he's a fun interview when you guys get a chance to talk to him. I think you're really going to enjoy it, but, in Naples, they do the uh, the freshman All America game in high school, and Otis was down there, and he just destroyed like the first five or ten plays of that game for the opposing offense. And I remember at the end of the game, like who, who should win MVP? I'm like, probably the guy you had to tell to cool it a little bit because he's just way too big and fast for all these other fourteen and fifteen year olds out there uh, to block uh, on the edge. And I, the reason I started with the interior is because obviously him loses Will Anderson, who's a freak. It, is it right to think it's Turner Braswell on the outside? And if so, what? Can they kind of come close to what they had? I, I think that's at least on paper how it feels like right now. You know, it's it's a hard question to answer because I think some people will tell you that they didn't feel like, you know, maybe the full full on production of Will Anderson last year maybe matched the uh, the expectations or the reputation. And that's not to say that Will Anderson isn't an incredible player because I think he absolutely is. But I do feel like teams were able to key in on him more last year. Uh, which you know, I think is part of the maybe the challenge of this upcoming year is that who can 
really make an impact enough so they're not facing you know these all these double teams and things like that. So I mean, I think both those guys have the talent. I think Dallas Turner in particular, you feel good about just the raw you know characteristics and attributes, but you know you need to see it on the field too. And so I think that's going to be a you know I think that's going to be a big challenge. And I think just you look at Alabama of the last two two three years, they felt very top heavy, you know, with Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and so. Now those guys are gone. There's not as many clear-cut stars. Could they be better? I think it's definitely possible. But they're going to need some of those guys to really step up this year. And I think, you know, Turner and Braswell, definitely two of the more important ones, especially on that defense. And, you know, some secondary questions, of course, as well. At, at inside linebacker, it'll be Deontay Lawson and somebody to replace Henry Toto, who basically never came off the field last year, it felt like. And he wasn't like a physical freak. So my, my assumption here was that, he was the one that understood the calls the most and, and could get everybody lined up. Who would, who do you think is, is best fit to play alongside Lawson there? Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably one of the big fall camp questions that I would have, you know, I think there's a couple of character candidates for it, but I think that, you know, I think the point you make there is really smart. It's not purely just based on physical talent. It's you need somebody that can really kind of, you know, be that kind of second coach, second, you know, general, whatever term you want to use on the field. And I think Alabama has been so, spoiled in some regard and just all of the incredible inside linebackers they've had over the last 15 or so years. And I think, you know, Toto had some challenges there, I think, and, you know, especially the way that inside linebackers have to, you know, have more of a role in pass coverage, you know, that's a challenge. I don't know if he was maybe the most athletic guy in that regard, but I, I think that's, you know, that might be a lot of the attention will be on the quarterback battle in the fall, but I think inside linebacker and some of the secondary, I think those are the ones that might have an even bigger impact in some regard, uh, even though a lot of the attention will, of course, be on quarterback. This team just feels absolutely loaded at corner, especially with, with, with Kool-Aid on the one side. And yet I think they have major questions, potentially, not, not questions that are unanswerable, but that's why we have you on, on summer school on, on cover three at nickel and, and at safety. How do you see this room shaking out? I know Bama's recently added quite a few uh, transfers from the portal there in the uh, defensive backfield. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I think says something. You know, I think I think at Alabama, you know, you're not doing that kind of full-on uh, food shopping in the portal. You're looking for specific ingredients. And so I think it's telling the fact that, you know, you get a guy like Trey Amos um, to come in at cornerback. Uh, obviously just got you know, uh, transfer from UAB at the safety spot. You know, I think there's clearly needs there and they want to bolster the room um, to, to try to force those guys to, you know, to compete. And so, you know, I think Kool-Aid is, is a good starting point. Um, but I, I would also say that, you know, there are times where Kool-Aid, I feel like could be a little disappointing. You know, I think that he's not quite the full-on shot, shut down corner that people maybe expect him to be. And, you know, I think he, I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I just think sometimes the expectations are, are so high for a guy like that. I think he's the next great Alabama corner, and I think on paper he could be, but you know he's not maybe at that same level a guy that you could inherently trust, like a Minka Fitzpatrick or some of the other you know incredible talent that they've had you know, in the in the backfield in the past. For sure. Do you feel like they're okay at safety? Okay is very relative, bud. You know, yep, that's, uh, that's fair. And I think, you know, but I mean, they it's it's just like you had a guy like Jordan Battle. It's it's kind of like it's you had a known quantity. Um, now, was Jordan Battle the greatest safety of all time? No, but I think you knew what you were getting. And But again, I, I go back to just some of the, I think Tennessee was a good game that just exposed some of those back back end challenges. You know, they just, there just weren't enough 
fast enough, athletic enough guys to be able to, you know, stop high. I think we saw it in some other uh, games as well. So, I mean, the, the one thing you can always feel good falling back on is that you know, Nick Saban's specialty is secondary. He's obviously going to spend a lot of time there and he's going to try to coach them up as much as possible. But I think from a personnel standpoint, you know, I don't know if you feel completely secure yet is what I would say. That, that makes sense. And obviously anytime you go and you add those portal guys, it, it, I think it does say something about the roster, whether you're going after guys and hit or going after guys and, and you don't end up getting them. Obviously when you're at Alabama, you usually end up getting those guys. I'll, I'll hit you with this. Where on this roster is the largest drop-off between starters and reserves? That spot, it's like, okay, if these guys go down, these guys really probably are not SEC-ready behind them. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think... I mean, I think defensive line, I think that there's some some there. And I think, you know, outside linebacker, I think, you know, you mentioned... Turner and Braswell, you know, I think that there, if either one of those guys goes down, I do think there are some real questions about who steps in behind them and can deliver to that same level. So to me, I mean, on the offense, if you kind of go down position by position, like there's, you know, I don't know if there's a stud at wide receiver, but I think there is a lot of talent there. They're very deep at running back. I think you feel pretty good about where you're at offensive line wise. And so I, I kind of focus more on the defense and I think that there's more questions and, you know, we were mentioning earlier, but you know, if Kool-Aid goes down, you know, that's, that's going to be a pretty big challenge for you. So I think that defense is where I feel like they're not nearly as deep as they used to be. I mean, bud, you can probably remember there, there were times where I feel like they had eight, nine great defensive linemen that they would just rotate in one after another. And I, they don't have quite that depth the way they used to, for sure. Absolutely. If, if this team lined up and played last year's team, What's the spread? I mean, last year's team is definitely the favorite. I mean, you're you're more of the gambling guy, I think, than I am. So you tell me what's what's the early Vegas line? I mean, it feels like I had it like twenty two minus four, but that's because of the quarterback position. If they hit on quarterback, I think like this defense could be better than last year's defense in theory. Right. The receiver room this year could definitely be better than last year's. I think the running back room. Could avoid a major drop off if, if if Haynes you know plays like crazy or or you know potentially and, and the offensive line could be better right like you lose lose Cohen I thought he was a solid player George was a backup and if Florida took him out of the portal and and Brockermeyer obviously at TCU but it kind of comes down to you need to at least get quality play from the quarterback it doesn't have to be Bryce but there are spots in this roster that could be better I I think but no I agree I mean I think. The, the hard thing, to, I think, to sometimes quantify is just how many times Bryce seemed to bail them out of bad situations yes. where there was nothing there and Bryce just found something at the last second or was able to do a spin move or whatever. And, I mean, they, they got some pretty incredible quarterback play where I felt like they just did not have a lot last year. So, you know, I do think there's definitely the potential as a team that they are better, and I think they can be better in multiple positions. But like you said, if the quarterback play takes a major step back, this is a team that's going to be in – even more tight games than they were last year. And it's like, you know, at the end of games, you trusted Bryce to win. He didn't win them all, but you felt like if this guy has the ball at the end of the game, he's going to find a way to win or put up some points. Do we feel that way about any of their quarterbacks right now? No. And we'll find out in the next couple of months whether they have that kind of comfort level in, in them. John Talty, Family 247. Welcome to the team, man. Appreciate it. Sound. 
celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.